Good evening. Today is Thursday, April 29th, 2021, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is There is a Solution. Uh, my name is Heather, and I am a gratefully recovering compulsive overeater, and um, I am currently on step nine, no, step eight, getting ready for step nine. And uh, because uh, the voice keeps telling me that it's gonna, soon it's gonna be time for me to sponsor other people, um, I started kind of putting a binder together and I found a really wonderful resource online that I'd like to use tonight to get a conversation started about um, this chapter. Um, the resource, I want to give credit where credit is due. It's called The Big Workbook, Working the 12 Steps by the Book. It's a free resource that you can um, download. And it has a really nice, um, has a really nice way of um, breaking down the chapters. And one of the things that they do is they identify the promises in every chapter. So according to this resource, there are seven promises in this chapter. And being a registered nurse, I am all about evidence. So I'm gonna share tonight, um, just to get the party started, evidence to me that the seven promises that are identified in this chapter are true. So we'll start with the first one, which says, we of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. So the promise is that thousands of people have solved their problems using the 12 steps and you can solve your problem too. So the evidence for that in my life is the hundreds of people who log on uh, or call in every morning for uh, five days a week and one special edition on Saturdays or is it Sundays? Either way, um, how many times I've heard on that line, my name is so-and-so and I am recovered, which is not something that I ever uh, really imagined was possible until I came to vision. Um, and not only do those hundreds of people say I am recovered, but when they start talking about their story, it sounds exactly like my story. So here are people who have literally walked in my shoes, who are evidence uh, that this promise is true. So that's the first promise. The second is, but the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who has properly armed with facts about himself can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. So that promise is that someone who's experienced the same problem and feelings and has found the solution in the 12 steps can help you. Well, we know this is true because um, I've had two sponsors so far. Um, both of them understood exactly what I was talking about when I would talk about um, things like not being able to stop eating. Um, you know, it's, it's not, that's not something that somebody who has a normal brain can possibly understand. Um, the attitude that I would have if I was a normal eater would be like, what do you mean you can't stop? Just put it down. I mean, I think I've read and seen and heard that um, on message boards and on social media uh, thousands of times, right? 
they identify with my feelings, they identify with my experiences. And so I know that they can help me because they have helped me so far, even though I'm not all the way through. Next promise. There is a solution. The promise is there is a solution. The evidence that I have for this in my life is that I'm not even all the way through the steps and I have neutrality in the face of my trigger foods. Things that used to call to me in a way that I could not possibly ignore do not call to me any longer. Or if they do, they're on a different frequency than I am because I cannot hear them. Um, the next promise, we have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. The promise there is that when you work the 12 steps, honestly, openly, and willingly, you will have a spiritual awakening that will bring you the solution. Now, I'm not all the way through, so I don't know exactly what my spiritual awakening is going to look like, but I can tell you um, that I am, I am more present than I ever was before in my life. I am more uh, patient than I ever was before in my life. I am able to look at other people, um, not as a means to get my way or have the script that I have in my head come about, but as people who are coming from their own individual um, histories, their own experiences, their own feelings, their own problems and um, their own uh, defects. And, um, I practice the pause without even thinking about it, which is pretty amazing because I typically would be somebody who would have a fear response immediately to anything that didn't go along with, um, with, with what I had planned or what I thought was the best thing to happen in that moment. So the next promise is that um, the subject of the one story here had a profound alteration in his reaction to life. So this is more of the same thing. The promise is that you will completely change the way that you react to life. So here's some evidence of that. Um, like I said, I'm no longer attached to my way. I no longer only recognize that the universe is unfolding exactly as it should in hindsight. I can skip the part where I freak out about it or where I grasp for control or snap at people and hurt their feelings because I'm so scared. I can skip that part and go right to the part where I remember that the universe is unfolding exactly as it should. Um, I'm no longer, um, yeah, attached to my plans. Here's an example of that. Um, we take a big family vacation every year. I have my own agenda of the way that I wanna get down there in the least expensive possible way. So I always volunteer to ride down with my mom. Well, um, you know, cause she's older and she shouldn't have to drive alone, but really it's because it's like eight hours away and that's wear and tear on my car and gas and everything else. And I don't like to drive. Um, but this year coming out of a pandemic, there are issues that other people who are going, other members of my family have, that are probably going to preclude that, that that's probably not going to happen. 
And that person's plans have changed like four or five times. They're coming from like way further away than I am. Um, so my mom called me the other day after we had already discussed each time, like the change in plans. And, um, and I could tell that she was a little bit worried, you know, that, that I was going to be upset because the plans had changed again and I might not be able to ride down with her. And all I said was, well, um, I can drive to the airport and pick them up on my way in my car because that was like the thing that popped into my head. It wasn't about like how horrible this was going to be and how, why, why is he more important than I am? And why are his plans, you know, trumping my plans? And um, I think that she was surprised by it. And I, the added benefit of that is that I just, I just made my mom's life easier. And that's like what I should be doing now. You know, like she made my life easier for a long time. I should be making hers, hers easier now. Um, I'm not full of fear. Um, I have a, I have a child, a, a um, middle school age child who has some uh, mental health challenges. And um, today I came home uh, in my own bubble to an unexpected um, challenge that previously the fear response would have taken over and I would have been so anxious that I would have come off as angry, which is the pattern that I have because I'm so scared that I can't see anything um, other than like, you know, the problem and I get, I get angry, um, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but that's my pattern. And today I offered my presence and it was not wanted. And I said, is there anything I can do for you? And the answer was just leave me alone. So I said, I'll be upstairs. And then eventually my child came to me and um, all I had to do was be available. I didn't have to fix it. And I didn't get angry about it, which is a big deal. Um, I'm, I'm able to see other people's perspectives. Um, my the secretary where I work is very kind but um she has a lot on her plate and she has made the same mistake with regard to something that has to do with my personal financial well-being multiple times and today the mistake was made again and previously I would have probably not said anything directly but would have made my displeasure known um, without like going so far as to have anybody like think that I was like not a good person, not a nice person, you know? So like I would have my cake and eat it too, I guess, in that situation, trying to protect my uh, reputation as a, as a very zen out, wonderful uh, spiritual person, which um, I thought I was for a long time. Um, but also let her know that um, that was her fault and it really stinks that she did that and she's caused me a problem and uh, it's not okay. Um, but instead, in the time that it took me to walk from my office to hers, I thought about how much she has on her plate and how the system really is, that she has to work with is, is really convoluted and it's changing all the time. So I went into the office to make a copy of something and she immediately talking, started talking about how awful she is and how bad she SUCKs 
And um, I said, you know what, you, let's just move forward from here. Everybody makes mistakes and you don't suck. And so she continued to talk about, you know, what a horrible job she does. And I said, that's not the truth. You don't do a horrible job. So let's agree to just move on from here and see what we can do to fix it, which, you know, I don't think I would have ever come up with that response in such a short period of time before. And if I had come up with that response, it would have been after I had already said something that I couldn't take back. So they're just letting you know that you've talked for about, um, 12 minutes. Okay. Thank you. So number seven, um, is any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problem in the light of our experience can recover. And the promise is that if you can honestly face all your problems, you can recover. And, um, uh, I know this is true because when I'm dishonest with myself, I end up not, um, not doing so well. I get off track. I got off track in step nine and um, tapped out because I wasn't being honest with myself. So there's proof of that. The next promise is that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish things for us which we could never do by ourselves. And that's where I would love it if we could pick up and uh, people who are, are recovered I uh, can talk about how that promise has come true in their lives and people who are still working the steps can talk about the promises that have come true for them so far. So um, if you would like to share, is there a script for this part or do I just kind of talk? If you'd like to share, please raise your virtual hand. Um, we will now open for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guidance in order to keep our meeting on track. If you'd like to share, please raise your virtual hand. It's under reactions or hit nine if you're on the phone. The Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. And the timekeeper, if you could please set a timer for three minutes for each share and give them a, um, an announcement when the time is up, please. I look forward to hearing what you all have to say. Hi, this is Amy, very grateful, recovered compulsive overeater. Heather, that was wonderful. I loved hearing the promises and I loved hearing your perspective on the evidence that you are seeing both in yourself and other people in the rooms that, that those promises come true. And I took notes, I, I wrote down every single one. Our creator has entered our lives and lives in a way that is in fact miraculous and you know does things for us that we could not do for ourselves. I mean, that's the entire psychic change, right? And I, I like you, I see evidence of that in myself and sometimes what I see is other people commenting on the change in myself. Like you shared that your mother had anticipated that perhaps you would, and, and okay, from my perspective, speaking from my own experience, I had something recently where my mother had said, I expected you, I, I thought you were gonna freak out and you didn't and that's, 
really lovely and you've changed like that's that was the comment and um feeling it within myself that I you know have instincts to to not make a mess of things with my will and to back off is one thing hearing from the people that I love in my life that my change spreads change in a positive way in my relationships in the way I'm of service to the people that I love like that's that's some pretty awesome evidence of these promises coming true so thank you for this topic how uplifting and beautiful and what a wonderful way to uh end our week talking about there is a solution I look forward to hearing other people's takes on this as well. So I'm going to pass. Michelle, I see your hand. Hi, everybody. I'm Michelle, compulsive overeater from Chicago. Oh, Heather, thank you so much for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. I, uh, I definitely took a, a few notes, and a couple of things that you said was just right on time for me today. I love that you said practicing the pause, which is something that I am having a hard time doing <laughs> in my excitement, in my fear, um, and it's, it's just challenging. I, I'm also on step nine. And, um, it's, it's a very challenging, I'm having a very hard time with step. Uh, and I just, I loved hearing your experience, strength, and hope of, even though things are challenging and changing and everything, there are better days to come too. Um, and I, I also, I love to hear your, you know, with your psychic change that you're hearing that validation from other people. And that's something that I've experienced too in my brief time of abstinence that I've had. Um, I, you know, I had someone made a comment to me at work. He said, you know, you seem so nice. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe that sounds bad and everything, but Hey, you know, things are changing. And, and I also relate to, um, to what you said of it's coming a bit more natural you know, to, to say, I'm going to drive the car. I'm going to pick them up from the airport and I'll drive them back. It's coming more natural. And I, I guess what I'm just, I guess I'm saying it out loud again, as a reminder to myself that this takes time and these promises come because God's giving the promise. It's not something if, if I work the steps, the promises will come. It's not something that I get to schedule in a calendar. Um, and I wish I could schedule them in a calendar. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they're coming slowly, but surely, but just very grateful to be here. And thank you also for sharing that resource, uh, the, the big workbook. Appreciate that. Thank you, Michelle. Next we have Emily followed by Arlene. Emily, you're up. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Emily recovered in Chicago, compulsive reader. Grateful to be here. Um, wow, that was great, Heather. You know, I love hearing how this program works in people's lives. 
And, you know, I definitely relate to everything that you said, what's in the book, the stories in the back. Um, but, you know, I also know that we have these unique experiences too, like in our lives, you know, I, I don't have a, a child that came to me or uh, this evening, like needing mental health support. Um, but I, I relate anyway. So it's just like, I'm always, I'm so grateful for the adjustment I've had as a result of, of work in this program that I'm like identifying in always, 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 always. And I really, uh, loved relating to, you know, this change in how I react. There's a lot that happens in my body now that I notice when I'm feeling something. And I used to live from the neck up exclusively. Like it was like reasoning all the time, cut off from everything below. And I have developed as a result of being recovered, like a relationship with my body that tells me things like you're angry or you're scared. And I can be with that feeling like, so anxiety is like heart racing. My throat gets a little dry and I'm like, okay, in the moment, even like I'll be giving a presentation at work and I'll be like, I can calm down. And I have all these things that I can do now, you know? And so I used to think like getting rid of the fear and the anger was the point. Um, and now I know that the solution is just like, I mean, it's all that I don't have a lack. I have a lack of power over all of that. <laughs> like, getting angry is something that I'm, I'm going to do as a human. Um, the solution is to plug into a power source. That's just much, much, much bigger than me. Um, and, and to, and to do the work and honestly face everything that comes forth, you know? Um, and I think I used to also get a, like they talk about the impediments to recovery. One being this vicarious thrill that I'm very honest and I loved what you said about like the emergence of honesty, like we come upon new levels of honesty and we get deeper. And, you know, to me, I've related to what's been shared about, you know, like I want to be once and done, like we're good, right? I've been as honest as I can be, no more inventorying to do. Um, but I guess part of what I got from what you shared and from there's a solution is like, this is, this is our life's work. And aren't we the lucky ones? Like we're really the lucky ones. We get to work on it together. Um, so that feels really good. So I really appreciate your sharing your service. Thanks. Thank you, Emily. Um, next we have Arlene. Arlene, you're up. Hi, my name is Arlene. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, Heather, I really loved how you pointed out those promises. I had some of it underlined and some, I didn't really remember right offhand. So I'll have to go back and read it and mark it again, but you know, they do promise us there is a solution if we do the work, but we have to do the work, each of us. And, um, you know, I say that because, and I was telling someone a little bit ago that I've been doing a lot of work with others, sponsoring people, the inner group, world service, my daughter, and I'm like, I need to do some work for me and on me. Like I need to keep evolving. There is no break. You know, I feel like, you know, because I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. I can just, you know, take a break. And I'm like, no, there is no break. I have to go on meetings there too. On my phone, I'll have to figure it out um, how to do it. But um, But what I really wanted to talk about was 
this whole idea of change. And it's like sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but if we work for them, it comes to us. And sometimes we're not even aware, which I think is something that Heather shared. And, you know, you, you heard me talk the other day of all this drama that's going on with my uh, daughter's wedding in a few weeks. And um, they came over last night for dinner and I was sort of busting his chop, my uh, future son-in-law's chops. Um, anything else you want to ask? Anything else you want to say to me? You know, before you get your marriage, you know, all this silly stuff. And um, I forget, but somehow I said, you know, you might think I'm a cream puff, but I'm not. And so my daughter blurts out and she would never eat one either. And it was just like, <laughs> you know, all I could do was laugh. And, but the other thing is, I could also see how I've changed. Like I'm not a pushover. I don't grovel in front of anybody anymore, but I'm also much nicer too. And I know that like someone shared earlier, like, oh, you're so nice. I'm like, I remember when that happened to me at work, like I had this sudden change, like over 30 years ago, no, not 30, okay, 20, whatever. I had to go for sensitivity training. And I literally walked out of it saying that was the biggest waste of time. And you know what? It's made me a better manager, a better boss. I'm out of time. And um, but it's made me better in program too, that I can listen to others, take direction and just shut my mouth, which is what I'll do now. So thanks for letting me share. And thanks again, Heather. Thank you, Arlene. Um, we do have more time before we turn off the recording. I see iPhone, is that Stacy? You can unmute. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry, I'm just quickly home at my parents' house, so I'm just kind of uh, in and out. Um, abstinent since last Thursday. So it's been since, since Thursday, um, I'm kind of whispering if you guys can hear me. I'm at my parents' house in Long Island, so they don't really know I'm in OA. Um, I don't know. I just have a girlfriend that's like so triggering me right now. Oh, my God. She won't stop. And like I'm learning to really create boundaries. And it is so frustrating. I, oh, my God. Like shooting Texas upon Texas. And I'm like, doesn't someone have better things to do with their life than like keep on reaching out? Oh my God, I don't even know right now. And I'm just like, I just needed a, I'm sorry. I just needed a bitch for a second because I don't want to go for the food or anything. I want to remain abstinent. So I am just bitching for like one moment. I just really needed a bitch. I know I need to make outreach calls, but since I'm in this meeting, I just really needed a bitch. And I'm not supposed to curse either because it's not ladylike, but I just really needed a bitch for a second. I'm I'm apologizing. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm new. I'm just abstinent. I want to remain abstinent. And, oh, and I'll, do everything else tomorrow but man I'm gonna make phone calls and stuff but it's just and I'm so proud of myself because I'm really absent since I've been home this since Monday I had even like I've been mindful of like two of my trigger foods kind of but still no behaviors and I'm really proud of myself for that and it's like and I'm so really clear about all this and I'm, the feelings are coming out and I don't care 
but I've been abstinent of all my behaviors. And like, that's like the best thing since God, I can't remember. And thank you for letting me share. I'm going to pass and anyone else can jump in and just thank you. And that's it. And I'll reach out to people, but thank you so much. Okay. I just need to bitch about this. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Stacy. We're glad that you were here tonight instead of in the food. Um, uh, uh, do, does any, there's a couple more minutes before uh, turning off. And if uh, we'll take a moment to let anybody jump in. And if not, we can end the recording early and go to unrecorded shares. I'll give it a moment. Oh, I see Nina. Nina, go ahead. Good evening. My name's Nina and I'm a compulsive eater. Thank you for your service tonight. And laughter is such good medicine. And um, thank you, Heather, for your pitch tonight. Um, <clears throat> we it said that the, this is my first time at this meeting and a girlfriend recommended it and the title of your group couldn't be more apropos to where exactly I am in my recovery and, um, yeah, having my own concept and also having it get bigger. That's kind of like the path I feel like I'm on now. And, um, I'm just getting off of work. And so I have that tiredness, but I love hear, <laughs> hearing how crazy we all get and how, um, how thank God there's a solution. And the solution is usually not inside of me right at the right moment when I want it, but it gets better about that. And the, the big book tells me that, you know, I'm not going to have it intuitively all the time, but it's going to get better and it's going to mellow out. And that's been my experience. And I remember when I first, I don't know, I was a couple of years into program and there was a woman who came in and, um, she and I were not friends because I thought she was really stupid. And clearly I used to tell her that. And I was very unkind to her and she told me how nice I was again. And she was like, you were such a bitch. And, um, she was so right. I mean, I love, you know, like that was the queen of like my, you know, my words coming straight out of my mouth and slapping people across the face. That was really common. And I'm so glad that we don't have to do that anymore. Like there is an easier, softer way to live. But, um, when I think about when I was just thinking about the title of your meeting, um, and how it relates to food for me right now and how there is a solution. I've been really struggling with the emptiness feeling that abstinence gives me. And um, I've been off wheat and sugar again since November after a big, huge Halloween binge. And um, again, had to learn not to do that again, right? So I can see that my portions have shrunk, my waistline is shrinking, um, but I have this uneasiness where I have this emptiness feeling. And that's usually what I put. I put food down into that so that I don't have to feel that anymore. Really. I don't have to feel anything. I really love my sponsor. She always says, you know, there's a 50 foot drop from my head to my heart. And, um, and that's, <laughs> I, I want to live in both of those places. So I have to like integrate them and connect them, but I have this emptiness problem. And then I have the, like, I worship the, you know, the altar of control and, um, and so I'm struggling with those because now it's like the next stage of recovery for me where there's not so much pink cloud anymore. It's not like super new and fun. Um, it's nitty gritty. And I'm like, wow, I'm really an addict and I love to get high and I love to get high on food. And I want to just like put things in my grocery cart. Doesn't matter if my Instacart, 
any of those things because I know that like the high is going to come and the relief is going to come. And I use food because I know it works and then it stops working. And then I get mad about that. And then I have to feel those feelings and I don't want to do that either. So um, those are some of the things that are going on in my head regularly. But I know that like was spoken of tonight, the promises are that, you know, I, I can recover one day at a time and I don't have to do it alone. And um, all of you guys get all of that crazy and thank goodness for that. So I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Nina. Um, and welcome. Hope to see you um, here again soon. Mia, I see your hand is raised. You're up. Thanks. Um, I'm Mia JT from Massachusetts and I'm glad to be here tonight. Heather, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I loved how you listed out the promises and then you talked about how they are working in your life um, because that's the real, that's the real deal. I mean, that's, you know, if you, if you do the work and you show up and you, um, you know, you're open to what's going on and you're honest and you do, you know, you, you do the steps and you, and you figure out what your conception of God is and and we don't have to do it alone. And that's really, really important because, you know, loneliness is the thing that uh, gets us, right? You know, I mean, that's what Bill says in, I guess, in Bill's story, right? He talks about, you know, it wasn't, you know, he was lonely. That's why he drank. He, you know, he was just lonely. And um, so I just, I'm grateful for this meeting. I'm grateful for you all. And I've gotten to meet some new people and that's been really great. And I'm grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mia. Hmm. 847, going to hit stop.